morning, good morning. If it is morning for you. Hello neighbors. I see Wendy, Davola, and Melody. Hi you guys. Good morning neighbors. Good morning, good morning. It's so good to see you. I was excited before this started to see all my neighbors near and far. Near and far. Heidi Ho! Oh, I love this. So here we are, another day, another workable day in the neighborhood. And if you don't know what I mean by that, definitely go back and watch yesterday's uh, episode. I think we should call this a workable day in the neighborhood from now on. And we should call each other neighbors. And I think you should all wear hoodies while you're joining in. <laughs> so the hoodies came from this idea that our favorite Mr. Rogers used to wear a cardigan and I don't have any cardigans, um, but I will, I will wear hoodies and I invite you to as well. Uh, on that note, something interesting happened. Something for us, I think, to think about is, um, like right, I, I'm wearing hoodies. I mean, well, frankly, I wear hoodies every day, but I think that now that we have this new reality, we actually might want to think differently about like how we're dressing ourselves. Like when you go out, you know, maybe you polish up a little bit more than you do at home. I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I generally do, uh, cause I'm kind of a sweats gal, but I think that what we're wearing also can affect our psyche. So sometimes, oh good, I see you put your hoodie on. Good, good, yay! So I think hoodies are, could we agree that they're kind of like the comfort food of clothing, right? Hoodies, because they got this where they're like, oh look, I'm hugging you around your neck. You know what I'm saying? And so I think when we are wanting comfort, and I think here we're taking refuge in each other and, and the, our neighborhood here, uh, and, and hoodies can be great. And then I also think that sometimes uh, if that's all you're wearing, it maybe at some point it starts to make you feel heavy or stuck. Just a thought, just a thought, maybe not. But this all came up because yesterday, it's kind of silly, but I was doing a workout in my garage and I was using a kettlebell and sometimes I'm not very good at them really. And so sometimes uh, I get like bruises from like flipping it over. So being a dork, I was like, you know what would be great? I'm gonna put on some wristbands and I actually have some like total 1970s, 80s, like terry cloth wristbands. I put those on and I was kind of like, cha-cha! Like I felt so badass all of a sudden. So it began this thought process of like, hmm, maybe we should start paying more attention to that you know, and, and like randomly get dressed for dinner in your house, you know, uh, just a thought, maybe more on that later. But, you know, if y'all are feeling anything like that, it, it could be interesting, you know, uh, be comfortable when that's what you want or need and, and wear your hoodie hug when you want or need it. But then also maybe you put on your wristbands or maybe you get all dressed up for dinner, like you're going out on the town, but you're really just going into your living room. Just a thought. So 
Anyway, I hope you got your hoodies on and uh, here we are coming together in the neighborhood again. Here's what I've been thinking about. I can't remember exactly which teacher offered me this teaching, but the word stuck with me. And it's about suffering, right? And I think that we can all agree we're suffering to different degrees and in different ways right now, but the root of it is we're all kind of confused and somewhat afraid and anxious and uh, suffering, right? That, that would be the umbrella term we could put on uh, what's going on. And I'm not trying to say that you're not getting out there and making the most of this. I, I'm just saying though, somewhere in there, there is suffering. That's just part of being human. I mean, the Buddha said life is suffering. So it's no surprise I'm turning to the Buddhists right now since they're kind of the experts in suffering and the nature of suffering. So anyway, once upon a time, I remember receiving the teaching that suffering is like that friction that comes when we're resisting what is. Suffering is the friction that comes from resisting what is. And then I also have to say, like, I don't really resonate, well, at first, I resist any teaching that tells me just surrender. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't really identify as a surrenderer, even though I know the value of it. I'm just saying my nature is like, why surrender? Let's do something about this. We can fight it, you know, that kind of a thing. But the thing about this coronavirus, COVID-19 is like, this is a case of, resistance is futile. Am I right? Like there's nothing we can do to stop it from running its natural course. And so very Star Trek next generation resistance is futile here. Resistance is indeed futile. And I believe it's part of the friction we're experiencing right now where we're resisting what is. And it begs the question, why am I resisting? Well, an easy answer would be, this sucks. Um, but maybe a more specific answer, and I'm not putting like feelings in your heart or thoughts in your mind, but I, I, I'm sharing from my own experience. I'm witnessing a friction that's like this resistance that's rooted in, you know, kind of a, what did we do to deserve this? Or, you know, that kind of thing where you're like, I don't deserve this. And, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything bad and now I'm stuck inside or, you know, anything like that, whatever, uh, if you're experiencing that, uh, maybe you have your own language for that, but there is definitely, I have witnessed in myself this resistance to what is, but somehow this coronavirus is like bigger. When I resist things, let's say politically, <clears throat> it's really easy to just go, well, that person's an idiot or something like that, right? And, and then I can shift into this righteous blame. But the weird thing is with this coronavirus is like, what are you gonna do? You, you know, I'm gonna resist it and I'm gonna blame uh, nature? You know, it, it starts to feel like a little futile. And I think maybe herein lies a great opportunity for us to really unpack that friction that's that's creating a feeling of suffering that is really this resistance and then why 
Am I resisting? And um, please hear me. I am not saying like you shift your perspective and see this as a positive. I didn't even say that. I'm saying let's unpack our resistance. And in unpacking our resistance, I believe it becomes less powerful. I really do. And then maybe we shift into dedicating energy, even unintentionally, usually unintentionally, we shift from dedicating energy to that resistance into acceptance and then how are you going to work with your new reality? What changes will we make? Now, everyone's period of resistance, I think, will be different, right? So I'm not trying to accelerate anyone's process here. I'm simply saying, unpack your resistance, consider your resistance. So here's what I looked at in terms of a reading. So again, I said that I was turning to the Buddhists because boy, they're the experts in suffering and then how to cease suffering. So I know this is backwards, but um, I'll, I'll read it to you. The Wise Heart, and this is by Jack Cornfield, who's a really famous Buddhist uh, scholar. Uh, and uh, practitioner, of course. And so this is one. And, and I found something funny. I reached for this book because I remember its greatness, but I had forgotten this. Check it out. It says, here, here's a little inscription. This is from Jack. It says, to Gina, blessings, Jack. And then there's a note below that from the person who gifted me this book many years ago. It was a student of mine named Mark. And he says, I told Jack this was a gift from my yoga teacher that she liked to tell stories and I was sure she would love the many of his in this book. He touched his hand to his heart and it, he seemed truly pleased. And it was so touch. I touched my hand to my heart when I read this again. So um, I thought I'd share it with you. So there's lots of wisdom here in Jack's book, but one of the teachings that I, I turned to is really about when we're experiencing that friction. Now in Buddhism and other traditions, also like yoga, in yoga we call it raga, aversion. Aversion is that resistance, right? Raga, aversion is that resistance. So what is the medicine that Buddhist psychology prescribes for the suffering of aversion or resistance? First, we become aware of this force within ourselves. We recognize in our bodies the rigidity of aggression, the pain of rage, the contraction of fear. And we may be feeling all of those right now. We become intimate with our frustration, anger, and blame, or a desire to blame because it's hard to blame a virus. So suffering comes from resisting what is just as it is. And here's the thing, the pain that a lot of us are experiencing is inevitable. You've probably heard this before, but the suffering is optional. And I think the action item here is first, we become intimate with the resistance that we're experiencing. Second, we learn the difference between reaction and response. So reaction is what comes up right away. And that might be that, what? why is this happening? This is so unfair, right? These things that you might be feeling. 
So we learn the difference between reaction and then response is what you do once you witness your own resistance, once you get intimate with the feelings and the bodily sensations associated with your resistance. We don't have to reinforce the pain of the situation by adding to the pain by our reaction. So we learn the difference between reaction and response and we don't have to reinforce the pain. The pain is inevitable, okay? This sucks, but we don't need to reinforce the pain of the situation by adding to the pain by our reaction. This is what the Buddha says about it. It's like two arrows, the Buddha said. The first arrow is the initial event itself, the painful experience, the coronavirus. It has happened. We cannot avoid it. The second arrow is the one we shoot into ourselves. This arrow is optional. We can add to the initial pain of a contracted, angry, rigid, frightened state of mind. Or we can learn to experience the same painful event with less identification and aversion with a more relaxed and compassionate heart. Now don't feel bad if you can't really jump to compassion just yet. But I think this teaching could be valuable to us where we recognize we've all been hit with an arrow right now and it hurts and it's scary and hell, we might even think we might die from this like you might from an arrow, literally, right? But when we can recognize that there is this second arrow that you can actually continually stab yourself with, maybe then we decide to unpack the resistance or the aversion. Eventually, we might shift into what Jack calls a more relaxed and compassionate heart. But I think there's a step between the unpacking of your resistance and the relaxed and compassionate heart which is that we simply release the contraction, right? Release the resistance. This sucks and it is. This sucks and it is. And in that and it is, I think that we can begin to shift towards that relaxed and compassionate heart state that Jack is talking about. And I think that we should hold space for each other's processes. Some of us are gonna get stuck in the resistance for a little bit longer than others. But I'm offering this to you today in hopes that you'll think of that image of the two arrows, the one we have all been hit with and the one that's optional. Take your time, feel, like get intimate. That was the other thing that I think is really helpful to remember. Become intimate with your frustration, anger, and blame, but you're coming at that intimacy from the witness perspective, not the one who is generating it. I am witnessing my resistance. I am witnessing my contraction. I am witnessing my reaction. And in that witnessing, I start the foundation of the one, the part of me, that's going to be able to respond, to release the contraction, to release the resistance. This is our new reality. It sucks 
and it is. And I think that's the first step that we can all take. Yesterday I talked about we can do hard things and if you didn't hear that one, you might go back on IGTV and listen to that second day because then we really do embrace this idea of, yes, we can do hard things, so let's do these hard things. All right, I hope that that was of benefit to you from Jack Cornfield. And I hope that you're feeling held in this space of intense and immense challenge. Let's sit together, yes? So if you're not already seated, you might even, like, if you've got your hoodie on, you might even bring it up and give your, give your neck a little hug. And then turn your palms down on your thighs. And once again, we're turning palms down because this is a time when many of us are experiencing a feeling of groundlessness. So let's come into our bodies and embrace all the little ways we're grounded. So feel your palms grounded on your thighs. Feel your feet and legs and your seat grounded on that which is supporting you from below. Feel the end of each exhalation as your breath hits the ground, so to speak. And then witness yourself, your physical body, simultaneously grounded, but also rising up. So as you root down into your sitting bones and your legs, feel the simultaneous uprising through your shoulders, the crown of your head, the bridge of your nose, the tops of your ears. Witness the magnificence of your spine in between those two poles. The more that you root down and the more that you rise up, witness your spine unfurling itself to its full length. And then observe the sensations of how it does that, the toning of your abdomen, the activation of your back muscles. And feel yourself grounding into what you already know, the skills and resources you already have, the wisdom that is in your being. And feel yourself rising up into the unknown Feel yourself rising up beyond the contraction, the friction of our resistance into what's possible. May we call on the resources of what is known of our existing wisdom to support us in opening to new wisdom, new experience. Bring awareness to your breath. Notice its quality 
without trying to change it. Observe it change on its own under your internal gaze. Notice the tone of any thoughts that may be arising in your inner landscape today. Perhaps they're fearful and resistant. Perhaps they're hopeful and compassionate. Perhaps they're somewhere in between. Still fearful, still hopeful. Relax around your inner process through this time. We relax around it from the perspective of the observer, the inner witness. I witness my egoic self contracting, resisting, angry, afraid. From the perspective of the witness, I see the futility of the resistance, as well as my ability to acknowledge this as painful, but also release the contraction, release the resistance. It just is. Within yourself, even beyond the witness, is the part of you that is indestructible, divine by nature. This core essence. This part of us that when we say namaste to each other, we acknowledge this core essence in ourselves and in each other.
notice how you feel now on every level of your being, physically, energetically, emotionally, In releasing the resistance, may we free up our energy to instead embrace the wisdom we've cultivated through a lifetime of experiences, both pleasant and unpleasant, beautiful and brutal. Know that you absolutely have what it takes to make it through this challenging time, unfathomably challenging. place our hands together in front of our hearts so that we may dedicate the merits of this practice, the time we took to come together in our neighborhood here, to find this as workable and the merits of this meditation, this sit, may we dedicate them to all beings, in particular to those who are suffering most. May we acknowledge our essential contributions to how we move forward. And may we teach by example. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace, peace. Namaste. Thank you so much. So as a teacher, I really don't like saying things like, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional, because it makes it sound like it's so easy to just let it go. I, would, I don't like saying things like that because that's not at all how it feels. So I just want to say, I see that, I get that, I'm with you in that. But at the same time, Let's remember the story of the Buddha, the two arrows, the one that we've all just been shot with and the one that we may be shooting ourselves with. Maybe over time we can release the resistance, release the contraction. I hope that this supports you in that. Keep up your practices, keep up your connections, keep up with your communication. This is a new reality and we're like the pioneers in this new reality, right? 
I mean, that's exciting and dangerous and crazy and scary. Um, but we're doing it together. So thank you, my neighbors. Thank you for being here. It's a workable day in the neighborhood. I hope you think so. Uh, I'm going to be uploading a new class to my Vimeo site today. Uh, this one's going to be focused on fortification, really uh, tapping into your strength. So I hope that it is of benefit. Um, please do feel free to share these. I'm saving them right at the end and then putting them on my IGTV channel. So you can go back to day one uh, and watch. And, and if there are people in your life that you think would benefit from this, please share it. I'm winging it every day. I'm not scripting this really, just going off of what I'm thinking. Um, but I, I desperately hope that it is of some value uh, to you out there. Let's pay it forward, y'all. Pay it forward. Um, hoodie love to all of you. <laughs> Thank you again so much. And I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. So I'll be here again at 9 a.m. Thank you, guys. I love reading through all these notes uh, afterwards. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a strange and beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, beautiful depends on your definition of beautiful and your perspective right now. Workable, definitely. Thank you, guys.